Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We are going to open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The Edmonton Oilers have gone 7-0-1 in their last eight games heading into the All-Star break. That's a 9.38 winning percentage, uh, five goals for 2.38 goals per, uh, against, uh, 40% of the power play, 90.9 in the PK, out shooting the opposition by 10 shots per game. Are you buying it, or were the Oilers the benefactors of playing weaker opposition? Uh, the Oilers, when they return out of the All-Star break, will play five consecutive games against teams 22nd and 32nd in the NHL standings. We'll open up the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. I think most of the fans think the Oilers should be all in on the trade front. We just had a big blockbuster involving the New York Islanders who are trying to chase down a spot. I mentioned some numbers earlier. We'll go to uh, this is the projected points totals courtesy of the Athletics Dom Lucician. And as of today, uh, he has the Oilers. Geez, they dropped 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. When's this last done? Uh, he's got Calgary ahead of Edmonton. That surprises me a bit. Uh, maybe, well, the, the last time I pulled this up here, it says that uh, the orders were at 97.7 points, 79% chance uh, to uh, get into the playoffs, 79% chance. I wonder if that's dated. I'm going to have to check. Oh, last updated December the 22nd. Have we, can we not get a more recent one? Somebody, Brendan, maybe see if, do you have an athletic account? I do. Okay, why don't you see if you got the updated ones? Because he the, the last one I pulled up was December 22nd. I will tell you, as I look at playoff probabilities, uh, courtesy of Hockey Reference, Hockey Reference has the Edmonton Oilers finishing with 97.8 uh, points on the year. And having a to make the playoffs, eighty-seven point three percent chance of making the playoffs. That's eighty-seven point three percent chance of making the playoffs and finishing second at the end of the season in the Pacific Division behind the Seattle Kraken. They've got uh, the Oilers marginally ahead of Vegas and LA and Calgary in the five hole in the Pacific Division uh, and Calgary at 61.5%. Again, you can uh, give us a call on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and we're going to drop the puck on line number one with Big Bad Joe. Hello, Big Bad Joe. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, uh, Bob. Uh, you know what? I think a lot like you. I'm sticking to that. Um, they need a serviceable defenseman, and they need a right wing slash center, face-off winner, penalty killer. And when it comes to the trade of Bo Orford, I think the Canucks got shafted. But you know what? The cool thing about it is, and we all can be happy about, he didn't win to a Western Conference team. He plays in the East. So that's one head of glass. Yeah, okay. And that's what I like to say. Okay, thanks, Big Bad Joe. Yeah. You bet. You can uh, reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Sorry to do that to you, Brendan. If you have a chance to look up Dom's updated I, I number. I figured it out. I got 90%. 95 for the Kraken. Oilers are second in the Pacific Division playoff probability with 90%. Calgary's at 78 
Vegas 81. That's um, five hours ago. As of five hours. Yeah. Do they have final point totals at the end of the year there as well? Has he got... um, yeah, give me a second. Okay. Uh, we'll go to Fred on line number two. Fred, you're in Oilers now. How you doing, Fred? Very good, Bob. Is it a coincidence Oilers been playing much better since Dejan A came here? Uh, I think he's been a contributing factor, don't you? Definitely. Uh, that's one on and then cost, and we got a little bit of toughness finally, and we're not afraid to mix it up and drop the gloves, and we hadn't had that in how many years? We've talked about this forever, so... You can make an argument, Fred, that the game against Los Angeles where the team threw down at the end of the game and had the three fights in that game, the two, fight, two fights in the third period, Zach Hyman fighting Sean Dersey, and then Costin taking the fight against uh, Brendan Lemieux without Evander Kane in the lineup... And then recalling, think about this, uh, recalling Dayarnay played the next game against Anaheim, and that's when the team started winning, right? They've gone seven now. they played some easier teams, absolutely, no question about it. But they've won, and they've won going away. And they've blown some of those teams out. But they have added a little bit of, uh, uh, you know what, vinegar to their lineup. Dayarnay's helped them on the PKs, playing just under two minutes a game on the penalty kill per game. Uh, in the eight games that he's played, he's been on the ice for two goals against on the PK, but also he's been on the ice for a shorthanded goal for. So he's only minus one on the uh, on the penalty kill. I think he's been a good. Ad- I think the eleven and seven has worked for Edmonton. I don't think it can be even debated. No, you can't. Now here's the thing: in the playoffs, I don't think you want to go eleven and seven, do you? Well, if you listen to the show, there's a guy every day saying, "Go get a guy like Sam Lafferty." Uh, yeah, I think I know that guy. So, but we're not that far off. You know what? This is it's, it's a month really, away. It's nerve wracking though, following the standings because they've changed so much from day to day. No kidding. But it's very exciting, and uh, hey, we're not that far off. I think Ken Holmes. So, what do, you, what do you think the team needs to do? Uh, I still think we need a third line center, possibly. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's. Geez, isn't that interesting? Because, I mean, we've had people say, could you make it work with Jonathan Taze? You'd have to involve another team. Um, it would probably cost Edmonton on top of whatever you would. Uh, and I'm not even sure. We're going to talk to Mark Lazarus coming up today a bit at 135, a bit about Bobby Hull's legacy, but also a bit about what the Blackhawks are going to do because I think they're going to be a really interesting team to watch. Um, you can make an argument on center. I don't think there's any question about that. That, that you know, third-line center, Jonathan Taze is over 60% in the face-off circle on the PK this year. Yeah. You, you, that, you and want, also, we need a D-man, but I don't think, uh, uh, after watching Gavrikov, I'm just not, I don't know if that's the guy or not. And the Edmondson's got the back issues. Uh, maybe we don't go huge to get a service Certable uh, number six, seven defenseman, and take it from there. That won't make Stoney happy, but thanks, Fred. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Here's some numbers for you. Uh, St. Louis has Nolachari on uh, penalty kill faceoffs this year's uh, faceoff percentages at fifty six point seven. Uh, percent, which is pretty good. He's basically been on the ice uh, for one goal against on the PK for every five point seven minutes played. Uh, Lafferty, who is a right wing that can play center, is at 52% uh, on the season, but at 47.4% on the PK. Uh, now he's only taken 56 draws. Uh, he's got a goal against every 6.5 minutes. N- uh, Nick Bukestad out of Arizona has played more than both Achari and Lafferty on the PK. 
Uh, by the way, Achari leads St. Louis forwards in penalty killing uh, time on ice. Lafferty is second on uh, time on ice in the PK uh, in Chicago. Nick Bukestad leads Arizona amongst their forwards in time on ice in the PK, but he's only 44% uh, on faceoffs on the PK. Uh, they're scoring one goal for every 5.8 minutes that he's on the ice for. So Lafferty's numbers would suggest that he gets scored on the least amongst that trio. Lafferty also is second in the NHL in shorthanded goals four. Let's go to David on line number one. David, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. What do you think? I think there's only one player that the Oilers can trade for that makes them a contender. It's Eric Carlson. Now, I know you're going to say, okay, it's money, not, money, money. It's not going to uh, happen. Uh, but just listen, like if, if, if you could move Barry, JP, have some salary retention, you can make it work. If you're going up against Colorado in the West and you can throw out a pairing of Nurse and Carlson, can you not compete with Colorado? Yes, you can. You know, and you can also what does play Eric them Carlson, David? Bob, you can also play them separately David, where you have David, Nurse and David, Carlson can you, can you, splitting it up. Do you think Eric Carlson would waive his no-movement clause to come to Edmonton? I do, because one, his wife, spoke? I believe, is Canadian, and two, he really wants to win. And I know he's coming from San Jose to Edmonton, but he wants to win. And you have Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid having okay. amazing I'm seasons. not convinced that necessarily would happen between you and me but you're entitled to your opinion i i i, I so you have he, some information that you can't share basically is what you're i'm saying. just saying it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if he wouldn't necessarily be open to that okay but i you know what i get what you're saying if you can it's it's money in money out for the orders that's how they have to make it work this year uh because they're in ltir ironically enough they're in a better spot next year because clef bomb and uh, smith's deals come to an end uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but there's another factor in this. He's also like eleven and a half million dollars, and you know they're. But we're looking, in win now, Bob. We're in win now. I we're total, not worried. About I, to- I totally get it. One quick, one more quick point, and then I'll just I'll hang up. Is that imagine having either Carlson or Nurse on the ice at all times if you split them in half? Yeah, yeah no, I David. Be pretty amazing, David. I get it. I just, it would make it would make Nurse a better player. David, too. I don't so. believe that. I personally don't believe that Eric Carlson would waive his no movement clause to come to Edmonton. Okay, thanks a lot. Right, thanks, Bob. You bet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's go to Chris on line two. Chris, how you doing? Uh, doing well, Bob. How are you? Not bad. Uh, well, I just wanted to comment just first on uh, the team, and then uh, just some suggestions on trades. Maybe I uh, first wanted to say. You know, it's nice seeing the depth finally come out in this last uh, eight-game stretch. You know, just guys being able to score more and just contributing more. And even even despite the fact that, you know, the, the big guys are still putting up the, the ridiculous points. They are ridiculous they are numbers, right aren't they? Well, I mean, like, it's hilarious, like, looking at the numbers right now. I mean, you could throw Nuge or Hyman They'd be the number one scorer on like the Flames, the Canucks, the Leafs. Like it's kind of hilarious when you put it, those numbers into context right now. Yep. And uh, suggestions on trades. You know, I can see after that uh, Chicago game. Uh, you know, your thoughts from uh, Sam Lafferty from his nothing to do uh, with the fight. Nothing to do with the fighting. Just the way he plays. 
Yeah, no, I mean, the fight was just kind of like a, a, a bonus, bonus. Um, yep. almost. And you know what? I appreciate that. And uh, you know what? I know there's always the talk about uh, the, the a left shot defenseman to look for. Part of me is almost just looking for, like, you almost need really more, I think, a right shot and maybe just an upgrade and no knock against CC or Barry. They've both been, I think, very good and very solid for us right now. But I think you just need somebody that can get you a little bit more minutes and you just need to find nurses proper partner to play like those extra hard minutes like they can do some of it but to do it on a more consistent basis this i'm not sure who that is i personally don't think it's going to be an eric carlson i don't know what would, what would your think thought be like if say uh, a team like minnesota just falls off like what would you think it would take to get like matt dumba out of there Oh, I think you can get Matt Dumba. I don't know if Matt Dumba's the right guy for the orders. Okay. No, just just curious. I wasn't sure if... He uh, has been healthy you know, scratched multiple been... times this year, Chris. You know that, right? Oh, no, I, I actually have not. I haven't had a chance to... Yeah, no, no, he's, to he's been... Minnesota. Scr- yeah, he's been scratched a bunch this year. More than oh, once. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the All call. Right, thanks, Bob. Yep, 780-496-0063. David in St. Albert on line number three. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good, Bob. Uh, how are you doing? Not bad. I had to call in because they traded my guy I thought we might have gone after. But having said all that, I still wonder if he's not in play somehow um, because the Islanders may have some guys that Edmonton might want as well. And it makes more sense for them to possibly trade with New York than Vancouver. Um, yeah. Well, did you hear Frank uh, Cervalli when he was on? He thinks there's a deal in the drawer there for... That for a, yes, but but what I'm saying is is that potentially, like I was talking Horvat to Edmonton with uh, Shen, right? Yeah. And to trade Horvat to Edmonton and then you're sending your guys across to Vancouver, you're seeing them all the time. Sometimes that doesn't happen very often. But I'm wondering now that they picked up Horvat in New York... Are they maybe more likely to move somebody else out there instead? Well, I mean, the guy, I mean, Pajot's an excellent excellent third-line center, but he is getting up there a little bit near as I'd have to take a look at his contract because he's fairly compensated for that role. And I I, I don't think they went and got Horvat to go get, to turn around and flip Pajot. So... Well, it's not just Pajol. What about the Mayfield boy as well? And I have a question for you on defenders. Like, on our defense, is it is it a bottom six you think we need or a top – or I'm sorry, bottom two or top two or top four? I think if most he, people would like to upgrade second-pairing lefty and play Kulak as a third-pairing defenseman. Okay. I just – I think there'd be some concern about blocking Broberg, and basically Broberg's got another month addition here. Audition. I think that's what's going on, realistically. I think the Oilers see it as a seller's market. I don't want to speak for Ken Holland, but I think right. it's going to be a, it's it's ultimately going to be a buyer's market here. Yeah. And and it's a good draft. Okay. There might yeah. be some reluctance on some organizations to move uh, their first round picks away, and okay. there might be some more teams trying to get in come to the realization they're out. Uh, okay. re- realistically, maybe we're looking at 12 to 14 teams that are looking to bail and move some uh, players out come the deadline. And okay. I just, I think a lot of fans want to see an upgrade in second pairing left D behind Darnell Nurse, and it's a defensible comment to, to make. I'm not necessarily convinced we're going to see that come to fruition. And, and see, 
you know, I would kind of agree if you're going to play anything in the defenders end, you need somebody to play that top four if you can. Because to me, we have really some really capable guys playing the bottom two if we need, right? The, and, and- yeah, part of, the, part of the question is, had Broberg not gotten hurt at the start of the year, would we be looking at a scenario where after the All-Star break, he'd be pushing Kulak for second-pairing minutes, and instead has the injuries delayed this from happening? I don't know. I guess we're about. I think we're about to find out over the next month. Thanks, David. Have we seen Kulak with Montreal play in top minutes? He, well? No, no. He played. He played. He basically played four. He played third pairing left shot D because they had that top three, right? They had uh, Sherratt, uh Edmondson, and Petrie, all bigger bodies. The, the, those guys were there the one year where. And remember, that wasn't the Oilers finished ahead of the Canadians during the regular season. So not like. Yeah. Like Montreal had a good playoff run. Carey Price caught lightning in the bottle, played great against the Leafs, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. and then they pulled off, and hey, I wanted to see them win. I was happy. I was happy because people were so dismissive of how weak the Canadian division was that year. But the Oilers actually finished with a better regular season record that year than Ottawa, or sorry, than uh, Montreal. So on Fetterman, I would be interested in the Pajot boy or the Riley boy out of St. Louis. Yeah, okay, thanks for the call. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We are going to go to Zane on line number one. Hello, Zane. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Good. What's going on? So, as far as what I think the Oilers need, like watching them, the games that they're winning and the games that they're losing. Like, I, when I'm watching them, they're playing really good. It seems like the other team can't. They can hardly get the puck out of their zone. It's getting turned over. Um, like, the outlet passes are looking better. I'm I'm kind of, like, convinced that what they need is, like, someone who can make that neutral zone player play stronger, like a good defensive forward, and then someone who is, like, physical, like a defenseman physical, um, who has, like, great outlet passes and that. So whoever you think would be the best for that. Well, all- I mentioned a guy, like... So some people think the Oilers need a four, a four C that's a right shot. So that you know that takes you into a mix where you're looking at Nola Chari in St. Louis. It's a guy Craig McTavish loves. Craig's the assistant yep. coach in that team. Um, Nick Bukestad is in Arizona. He's put up very good numbers on not a very good team. I like Lafferty, who plays right wing and center. He's the fastest of those three guys. I think you need speed, Zane, come playoff time. So there's your bottom six forward. I mean, once Yamamoto comes back, he's not a perfect top six forward, but he has scored 20 goals, and the other five guys are really, you know, when you're rolling out McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Newton, Hopkins, and Kane, and you add Yamamoto to that mix, you got a good top six, plus you have speed coming with guys like McLeod and Holloway. you know, in your bottom six, so it'd be nice to get, for me, one more guy. The question is going to be the the defense and where we're at with the D and how far they've come, Zane. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess that's, that's about all i got to say. So just all right. Thanks a lot, Zane. We're going to go to uh, final call on this rack. We're going to go to Will on line number four. Will, you're in Oilers now. How you doing? Hello, hello, Will. Uh, hello, Bill. It's Bob. Bob yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bob. Yes, uh, I guess uh, for for the Oilers' needs in a very short order, for me, I, I look at the team and it's a question of defense first off, priority. Yeah. Top top four defensemen, and from there, I guess the 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 need also in the bottom end, and you look at last year's outcome. 
if we're going to compete with with the big boys, Colorado, uh, I'm sure they'll be there. You know, if history has shown that, you know, we, we were kind of outplayed on our back end, so we need to shore up there, in my opinion, overall. And whatever else happens or whatever else comes available to to the Oilers, in, you know, the, within the month, I guess that, that'll dictate who we can get after that. But I think the priority is a top four defender, in my opinion. Okay. Thanks, Will. Thanks for the call. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, 126 in Edmonton. Well, wait and see. See if they end up doing Brendan, they're going to do something. They're probably going to add at least one forward. You know, I would suggest to you for the Oilers' top six forwards, if they do go get a defenseman, they would push for a guy that could move the puck. That I would tell you. I'd be surprised if they wouldn't want another guy that could move the puck. Into the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown, they got the most experience, 250-plus years, and they get you the best results. Evander Kane, uh, personally, he's back now. We're looking at... Uh, February the 12th for Kyler Yamamoto. The Oilers will need to make a move uh, before then. Ryan Murray uh, joining Yamamoto on LTIR. 127 in Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, we'll talk about the difficult and uh, somewhat complicated legacy that is Bobby Hull and his passing yesterday with Mark Lazarus. He's with The Athletic out of Chicago.